Check out this fantastic podcast. Episode 219, Chris Krimitsos. How to get your message to millions. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you. Origins, biggest failures, fears, awakening moments, the alpha round. I'm Adam Lewis Walker, founder of Awaken Your Alpha, TEDx keynote speaker and best-selling author. I'm with you on this journey every week. If you have any interest in podcasts, living life to the max, and how you can get your own TEDx talk, within the next three months, you need to reach out to me. Go over, follow all the links, and head over to ayalpha.com, head over to Facebook, and search for Awaken Your Alpha with ALW, and jump on the inside. Let's connect, let's take it to the next level. Do the little guy a favor, subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my bag. Okay, we've got an awesome one here. So for those who listen to the podcast um, for a long time and are interested in podcasts, in or podcasts and podfests, and you know connecting with people who are doing this, we have Chris Krimisov. <laughs> I knew that was gonna happen. I never have to look at it. I'm just gonna edit this. I'm just gonna say this a few times. No, leave, get this leave that in there. It's fine. <laughs> Not like I tried this a few times. It's okay. Krimisov. We have Chris Krimisov. Okay, and um, <laughs> apart from an awesome surname, he is the man behind PodFest, a movement. This is getting everyone together, the podcasters together, and it's really focused on you know independent podcasters. And really, it's an intimate event. You know, about 500 plus people. Um, it's absolutely brilliant. I went to. I was lucky enough to speak at it this year in Orlando, and um, it's. I think it's his third year. Is it third or fourth year? Third official, fourth unofficial. Yeah, brilliant. So, I mean, I went there and I was just, you know, I've been podcasting for a little while, but this just opened up a whole new world to me and just opened my eyes to the, sort of like the next level and really gave me a, a kick up the butt in terms of motivation for podcasting and the podcasters and the whole community. So, I mean, we're going to dig into, there's, there's more to you than that. But um, firstly, Chris, are you ready to awaken your alpha today? Absolutely. Let's do it. Awesome. So that was quite a brief intro, but I know we're going to talk about the movie, which we've just been talking about, which is awesome. The Messengers movie, which is a podcast movie, um, which we're going to talk loads about that. But is there anything else you'd like to add to your intro or subtract? No, you, you know, that, that's, uh, that's actually fine. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm a creative. So the title I, I use is Chief Creative Officer. Yep. And it's I like doing creative projects. So that's kind of, um, if I'm not creating, then um, I'm not doing what I was meant to do. So I like creating new things. Awesome. So, I mean... Tell us a little bit about, it's really my origin question. Tell us a little bit about what's got you to this point, being the man behind, you know, which is, a, you know, a, not just an event, but it's a whole movement and community behind it. And also the movie, because that's like, I know it's a very creative thing, but it's, that's definitely an, a, a, a new step or, you know, in some people's mind, a, a big project to take on and maybe a, a step up, some might say, but it's, it's very cool. I've, I've seen the, the screening. I haven't seen the final product. But uh, tell us how you like where you're originally from and what got you to this point. Well, my parents are from Greece, and my uh, father literally went to the village in Greece uh, from where he's from, found my mom in a neighboring village, um, and basically brought back the virgin from the village back to the U.S. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> at 19 years of age, my mom didn't know English. Uh, nine months later, almost to the day, I was born in New York. Um, my first language was Greek because my mom didn't know English. Somewhere around four or five, I learned English, and I um, I grew up kind of a, a hustler because uh, my uncles were business owners. Yeah, and I saw these uneducated, uh, you know, what do we call uneducated? 
individuals become self-made millionaires when I was a little kid through the restaurant industry. And I always wanted, I always, I always knew that you could do a lot more uh, if you really applied yourself. So for whatever reason for me, when I would sit down and watch television, I would program the stations and yell at the TV saying, man, the programming is all wrong. They should be programming this at this o'clock and that o'clock. So don't ask me why, but it's a weird fascination I had with programming. Yeah. And I guess that has uh, developed through my entrepreneurial endeavors where I've uh, developed a gift to be really good at finding really talented people and programming events and creating a culture. And the culture probably comes from my Greek roots because I grew up with a very big, robust family culture. Uh, and that's kind of what, that's kind of how PodFest came about. Yeah. And then, and then the documentary came out of PodFest in that I wanted to create a promo. I actually wrote the story yesterday, Adam, so you'll be the first to get it. <laughs> I was at PodFest 2016 and I, we had about 181 people. And I said, how can I grow this from this year to next year? And I was like, well, I got to create a promo video. And I started visualizing who was at the conference. It was Glenn the Geek, Danny Pena of Gamertag Radio. So one guy, uh, Glenn the Geek does Horse Radio Network. Yeah. The other guy is this hip-hop kid from Miami who does uh, gaming. And then we had all these amazing female podcasters. And as this promo started developing in my mind, I started seeing a movie. Uh, a movie that captures this medium called podcasting and shows the real stars, the people that you probably never heard of that are creating and building audiences overnight. And that's how that kind of came about out of uh, PodFest. It's awesome. I love it when it's something like organic like that. It just comes from like an idea and it comes from like a core range. But I want to honestly take that a little step back then. Um, so podcasting, tell us about, you know, I, we, I sometimes ask for an awakening type moment, but when did personally you come across podcasts and then what made you make the leap from obviously a podcast or podcasting yourself to this, this pod fest or, you know, some kind of event. So I, um, I used to do TV shows in 0405 on public access and our shows were of such high quality. Everybody thought that they were getting, um, what do they call them? They were getting piped in from New York city or something like the, they thought the station was buying the programming yeah. because the quality of the shows I was creating was just phenomenal. I had a crew of about 10 to 20 people, all volunteers. And, uh, there were some events that happened where I was kind of thrown off the, uh, the the TV and it's tough to get thrown off of public access because the public's supposed to have access. Yeah. Long story short, uh, I spent the next nine years kind of building a community of business owners locally. And I was looking for the medium to help me grow that. And people were doing shows on blog talk radio and other platforms, but they were kind of constrictive at the time. Yeah. And then Steve Cherubino, a friend of mine, was at one of our local meetups and he said, Chris, can I talk about podcasting? This was in August of 2013. And I said, when you say podcasting, what kind of podcasting are you talking about? Cause I'd heard all these different things. He goes, no, like iTunes. I go, Oh, absolutely. I'd love to learn about it. He, I promoted all, all month. This was a local meetup. We had 13 people. We had a great time at the end of it. I said to Steve, how are you doing with your podcast? At the time he had a podcast called Android apps addicts. They would talk about Android apps. He goes, I'm trying to get my numbers up. You know, I'm getting about 4,000 listeners a week to which I, it was almost like when the tape rewinds, I was like, hold up, you know, what did you just say? <laughs> he said 4,000. I said like per show. He goes, yeah. Every time I release a show, I get about 4,000 listeners. I go, you realize I just spent a whole month. I got 13 people for you in this room physically. Right. He goes, yeah. He goes, I go, 4,000 is a lot, dude. He goes, it is. I go, 
4,000 people? I go, think about what that looks like. And, I know, uh, sometimes you just look at, or just hear a number, and you, as a podcast, sometimes you've got to stop to think about, yeah, that is a lot of people, or how many people that actually is, yeah. I said to him, 100 people is a lot, 50 people is a lot, whatever, you know, more than one to me is a lot. So uh, he said, yeah, I actually sold a course to this guy named John Lee Dumas, and he's now starting to publish his income reports. This was Whoa. in September, and I started watching that, and I was like, okay, there's something here. I went home. Yeah. And I told my wife, I want to start a podcast. She goes, about what? I go, I don't know. I go, I'm just going to start a podcast. <laughs> I was so excited. I'm one of those yeah. creators. I'm like, it's so exciting. And she goes, but she goes, we're running a business and we're doing all kinds of stuff. She goes, and then she said, I want to start a podcast too. And luckily we had a really <laughs> smart business consultant that said, look, the two of you cannot start a podcast at the same time because you're, we were running 150 events a year at the time. Yeah. Because there's no way that's not going to impact all this other stuff you're doing. So we, we chose wisely since I didn't have really an idea of what I wanted. My wife wanted to create a podcast that was for business women, interviewing women, and she called it Biz Women Rock. So I said to her, the compromise we had, I said, okay, I will get the psychic benefits by being your marketing manager and I'll get you to number one. I said, under one condition. She goes, sure, what's that? I go, the, t the moment you interview a man for your show, I'm out. And not because I want to, uh, not because of any political reason. Yeah. Because I've learned when it comes to, podcast if it stays within its niche in the first year or two you have a good shot of growing a huge audience yeah so um she said deal i said great because so, now i know who to market to so pretty pretty quickly uh katie um you know was number one on itunes in three categories uh i just would go speak all around town and uh we built her entire base she she now has close to five thousand women in her private facebook group and does enormous um does really well let's put it that yeah. way working from home. So that's kind of the origin story. I then got into promoting, right? I'm the marketing yep. guy. I'm yep. telling everybody about podcasting. So we did two workshops, one in Sarasota. We had 75 people in early 2014. And then two months later, we did another one in Tampa and we got another 80 people. And I was like, wow, 75 people and 80 people within an hour driving distance showed up at each location for this topic. And we helped like 20 people get started and they they were all seeing results. So I said, we need to organize this into a big event next year. And that's what we did. We took, that's why that's the unofficial year is we yeah. did. Two. Yeah. Now, during that time, I remember uh, laying in bed and telling Katie, we need to start a national conference for podcasters. And she said, how many events do you do a year? And I was like, I don't know, over a hundred. She goes, don't you think you want to just sleep on that and make sure that, uh... <laughs> and I said, yeah. So I forgot about it the next day. A few months later, podcast movement was created through Kickstarter. And I was like, didn't I tell you, Katie, look, and I was so proud that we bought tickets, we supported them, yeah. grew them. And at the same time, we started growing our little conference. And I said, hey, whatever it becomes, it becomes. But I had that vision um, in February of yeah. 2014. And I'm telling you, it was one of the few times where I know you hear about it, but I don't usually sit up in bed like, oh, my God, I got a great idea. I literally yeah. like jolted it up and I knew that was something I wanted to Ooh. see grow. Yeah. yeah, absolutely awesome. Um, it's, it's Yeah, it's definitely interesting i think a lot of people can relate to sometimes people have an idea and they, they sit on it or they mention it and sometimes it's almost that fear that if they don't do it someone's going to do it and then sometimes they're like well no one's still done it but then eventually someone does it so i mean that, that's if anyone's got any ideas you know you you want to start taking action and, and crack on with it but that is absolutely awesome and i like the difference really kind of how they've evolved the difference between a sort of podcast movement and podfest like it kind of you know there's huge numbers of more sort of big big sort of conference type thing and where yours is just 
I, personally, I absolutely loved it in terms of, you know, the sort of the, the 500 and, and more independent podcasters and just, you know, the, sort of even the people that are speaking as well. Um, it's a re really good mix. Absolutely loved that. And when you was talking about um, sort of the origins and when that guy said, oh, I've only got, you know, 4,000 downloads or listeners a week. And you was like, what? And had to double check. It actually reminded to me to a, a part in the movie where I hope it still made it, where you was interviewing Lily Wong. And oh, that boy, that, that's in there. Where, uh, right and you, and it's, it's, it's yeah. like how things have evolved where you kind of just said, uh, so how, how you, how's your podcast doing? And people have to watch the movie to see this. But literally, she just kind of like, like glances over as if she's saying like 4,000 listeners or $4,000. And it's something like, she says like $9 million or something like no, that. No, she says, she goes, 19 million. And I go, can you repeat that? What did you just say? <laughs> and I think, 19 million downloads. I go, how long have you been podcasting? Two and a half years. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was just the way it was just the way. And as you said, like asking the repeat, it was like because everyone, I think people had we'd, we I think we'd seen her speak at that stage. Um, and when that like, literally, I I think you could hear the gasp in the audience where everyone was like, "What? <laughs> Whoa!" <laughs> that, is that was a, that was a cool moment. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's interesting, and that's I suppose it comes back to another thing, kind of where people a lot of times people uh, kind of assume either what they know everyone knows or what they're doing is standard and like you know everyone's got and sometimes you don't it needs the outside perspective to kind of be like whoa that you, you're doing okay that's that's not bad <laughs> that's it's impressive so um in terms of once you've, you've got the pod you've got let's say you've, you've got the pod, first pod fest going um so with your own i mean with your own kind of podcasting journey what, what is your podcast or do, do you have podcasts are you just kind of the man behind all the podcasts or how's that and what where do you see the podcasts going in general and your involvement with a podcast or podcasts yeah i have three podcasts believe yeah. it or not usually most people just don't hear me uh publicizing them because yeah. they serve a purpose one i did for fun it was called story gm theater so i invited my friends as you so i have a lot of great friends uh, a lot of them live here in in, in tampa where i'm from and for my birthday, I invited them to share a story. So what I did was um, I had like 20, 30 people pitch me a story. I picked the top 10. And then I literally uh, rented out a theater, put a mic in front of about 100 people. And uh, everybody went up and told their stories. And I was like, man, these stories are really good. So I turned it into a podcast. A very, and that's very similar to The Moth. It's not, it's not a new thing, but yeah. I don't really promote it. It gets about 1,000 downloads per episode. It's a lot of fun. I do it once a season. So now... I just release it once a season. Every year I release a season. So in September, I'll be doing another one and whatever comes out of that will be released. Okay. Then we, we have the PodFest Chronicles. Yep. It's a podcast that promotes the culture of PodFest. So we interview people that were at PodFest, have them tell us their experience. We actually take live event footage. And then uh, Dave Jackson actually produces that and he is the narrator of that. So that's a very specific thing. If you're going to have a PodFest, I figure if you're going to promote a podcasting conference you better have a podcast about yeah, it right it makes sense yeah from a marketing perspective yeah. and then the third one we have is the messengers uh, and that is a that is that they're all really i love all of them but the messengers is what i would the other two are very special but the messengers is unique in the entire podcast ecosystem and that is a podcast that chronicles the journey of the filmmakers making the documentary and uh it captured it captured some of the most, I would say, transcendental, religious, also angry, um, emotional, yeah. uh, you know, highlights of that journey. And 
we're still making that one where we got about two or three more to go. And that's going to be very NPR like. And, and I think that's going to, we haven't really promoted it because we're waiting to get the movie accepted by iTunes. Yeah. And when that happens, we're going to, um, we're going to be promoting that podcast all day and every night. I'm going to ask all my friends to listen to it. And when they do, I have, I have a feeling they're going to share it out because it's a very awesome. powerful uh, podcast. Yeah. I mean, I want to touch on that. And um, I absolutely love the movie. And I want to just sort of, what was probably, because obviously you, you had the idea and for initially for it to be kind of a promo and then it, you had an idea of it's going to, let's, let's full on, let's do this to a movie. I know obviously it didn't run completely smoothly and that's, that's like a, there's a lot of work between that idea and then what we're getting kind of get the finished product now. What was really one of some of the, the toughest times in that process? Well, the beginning part, we started filming. So the reason why it didn't become a promo is what I was envisioning was uh, podcasting is very special to me. So I said, let's make a movie and really highlight this community and highlight what it is. And let's not cheapen it by making a promo. Um, and some of the hardest things, I'll give you some logistical filmmaking things. Yeah. So after we filmed a bunch, we realized that a lot of the stuff we had was depressing. Like it was sad. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's it, it depressing. I don't mean that like, it, it's like uplifting, but it's sad. So we needed a lot of funny stuff. Yeah. Now, if you watch a lot of documentaries, the ones that work really well, they, they weave sad with funny and they quirky too. So we were like, oh crap, we don't have enough stuff that's funny. So we have to figure out how can we put stuff that would make people laugh in the movie. And one of the ways was um, uh, just trying to ask them off ball questions or ask them if there's any funny stories they have to share uh, or finding little skits for them to do. I don't know if you remember, but there's a part in the movie where Neil and Glenn the Geek do like a little oh, hip, -hop, yeah. hip hop country boy routine. They, they flip yeah. hats, literally. You talk about quirky. Yeah. It's just like the melding of two different words. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Now here's, here's a fun fact. The reason why that happened was not intentional. When uh, Glenn the Geek, we had him read a, a letter from one of his um, listeners who happened to have PTSD and she had a guide dog and it turned out she was blind. Well, at the end of all of us um, filming that, we were all crying. So now there's yeah. a group of men. Glenn's a country boy. Neil was, you know, is from Venezuela. Uh, Willie is African-American. I'm from a Greek family. So we all have like this uh, male ego pride. So it got very <laughs> uncomfortable that we all were very sad. So I said real quick, I said, hey, uh, Glenn, go in the corner there with Neil and switch hats and do something funny. And that was, uh, <laughs> we never thought that that movie would ever, that footage would ever be used. But lo and behold, when we needed it, it was there. So that's one of those miracles that just happened. It was all because we were too uncomfortable sitting there looking at each other with, with uh, <laughs> Wait, yeah. in our eyes. Yeah. It's like, yeah, to stop the silence. Oh, man. Yeah, that's exactly why we did that. <laughs> there was dead silence in the room. That's true. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I remember hearing some of your stories about, you know, you're driving from state to state. Um, and I, I think you're supposed to, like, share the drive, but one of you just absolutely powered through. And there was, like, some quite heated debates in the car. And, like you say, not smooth sailing. Was there ever a point or where was the closest point where you thought this is either not going to work or that this is going to be you've bitten off more than you can chew or this is a much bigger task than you thought or it's just it's going to be tough you're going to do it but you're thinking oh crap this is a lot yeah the fights with the crew was okay uh we fired, <laughs> our, fired our original editor that kind of got me worried but then neil gilarte was my backup anyway so internally i had already planned a backup in case uh we would have a teammate fall off so neil took up the slack 
the moment that I was scared, this was about three weeks before PodFest because we were supposed to have a copy of the film to review to sharpen up for PodFest. Well, Neil likes to procrastinate. So he waited till four days before PodFest to start really putting the film together. As you know, he lost his father-in-law that night or two or three days. It was like two days before PodFest. So now there was five minutes of film done and now we have 350 people for what we were going to call a premiere. But remember, I switched it to a, yeah. a screening on the Playbill. We even switched it to first a first look. Um, and then luckily, uh, I wasn't worried, actually, because I know that, unfortunately for Neil, he, when, all the, when the pressure is on like that, that's when he performs best. Fortunately or unfortunately, I should say. So he, he, him and Willie uh, picked up the slack and did an amazing job. Wow. That's cool. That's cool. What would you do different? If anything, if you was to do the process again, you know, starting again. I, I wouldn't, and I'll tell you why. I found really good professionals. I made sure that they got, they didn't get paid what they're worth because they're worth a lot more than what we paid them, but they got paid a wage. A lot of times you see people trying to do creative projects and they don't want to pay the creatives. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that doesn't help. You have to pay people uh, something. They got to provide for their families. Uh, and then because of this film, we were getting invited to, events to talk about our film in front of filmmakers. So we wound up finding and uncovering other talented filmmakers that we could work with in the future. Had I not started this film, I would have never met any one of those individuals. So a lot of doors opened because of the film. And when we started, we ran out of money within the first two months. So then we crowdfunded to raise the rest of the money. And then luckily I had other monies after the crowdfunding to help the film get completed. But this is a passion project. We didn't even know what the film was gonna look like when we started. We just figured, hey, well, We'll, we'll figure it out as we go. We didn't have a name until like a month or two in. And we got the name of the film from Lee Silverstein, who has the Colon Cancer podcast. I asked Lee, I said, Lee, you don't look like a typical podcaster. What do you consider yourself? And he said to me, I consider myself a messenger, a messenger that has a message for those people that hear those three words, you know, you have cancer. I wish I had a messenger to, to talk to me when I heard those words. So then that's when we got the name, The Messengers. Awesome. So this is kind of our alpha round we're going to get kind of some some maybe your habits some tools tricks and resources if it's, if it's relevant uh, so i'd like to start that off with uh, it could be your favorite book of all time or just one that you think is useful uh, it could be around podcasts and i actually can't think of many podcast type books uh, so is there a particular book that that you would like to recommend the most recent book that i really really enjoyed was written by martin short uh he's a comedian uh, I forgot what it's called, but it was uh, his bio, you know, his life story. So I would recommend that book. And in it, he talks about creating a GPA. He has nine uh, areas in his life that he grades himself. Yeah. So if his career tanks, let's say he's, he's averaging a D or an F on his career. He'll look at his family, his kids, his friends, all these, his health, all these other factors. And he'll then give himself a GPA and it's always kept him uh, happy and balanced. Uh, and then he'd be able to fix that grade as he went along. Nice. I like that a lot. Um, and it kind of like a, an alpha habit, but is there something you do, if not every day, almost every day. And if you miss it as part of your routine, you're probably not gonna have the best day or as been efficient as you could have been. I, I very simple. I write down three things every day and I try and accomplish those three things. I try not to overwhelm myself. And then I, I delegate. So I'm very fortunate that I have a team of people I've developed over the years. So I tend to delegate quite a bit. And uh, for instance, uh, the three things I wrote down yesterday, one was uh, price out DVDs for the release of the movie. The second one was 
write some articles for the program guide that we're creating. And the third one was, um, I forgot what it was, but I did it. So yeah. it, it's, I keep it simple. Then anything excess goes under the top three things. Yeah. And I don't get upset if I don't accomplish them. I just put them over to the next day. Cool. No, I think, I think the power of three is huge. And uh, yeah, so that's a, definitely a, a useful tip for anyone listening in. Okay. What is um, a quote that if it's not one of your, fa- well, I'm sure it can be one of your favorites, but you kind of, you like to live your life by, or you think it always inspires you and it's always r- sort of rung true for you. Where I grew up was a mile from Sagamore Hill. Sagamore Hill was the summer White House for President Teddy Roosevelt. He was the 26th president of the United States. And I would visit him where he's buried. There's 26 steps to his gravestone. And there, there was an inscription and it read, keep your feet on the ground and your eyes on the stars. So I actually have a painting that I had an artist I commissioned and it has a grandfather with his grandson looking at the stars and then underneath their feet, it says, keep your feet on the ground and your eyes on the stars. And that's literally the philosophy I live by. I love that. Love that. And if you could just finish my sentence for me here, your best friend would describe you as? Uh, very restless. <laughs> Why do you think that? I mean, I think we're kind of getting a sense of it from the interview that, you know, you, you're crea- very creative and you want to be creating something, as you mentioned. Um, yeah, I'm, right now I'm working three different companies at the same time. It just, I, I like keeping busy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's tough for my friends always are like, I, we don't know. I just keep going. Okay. Uh, now, if you ask me, I, I think I'm pretty lazy overall. But uh, <laughs> obviously, if you ask my friends, I'll tell you like you're, you just don't stop. You hear that a lot. <laughs> Interesting, different perspectives. Eh? So um, your favorite film of all time is? Probably something about Mary. Okay. And why? It's just funny. I love yeah, the, I was going to say, that seems, seems pretty awesome. I, I didn't expect, when I went to see it, I didn't expect what I saw. And I laughed <laughs> my head. And then I went back again and again. Um, just, it makes me laugh. Uh, actually, you know what? That's a lie. That was, that was my favorite movie. Yeah. Probably now it's, um, it's uh, The Ugly Truth or Wedding Crashers, somewhere between those two. Okay, cool. I was going to say, it's cool when you can actually start to think, hmm, will I say my own movie? That's definitely cool as well. Yeah. I just thought you could say that. <laughs> That's it. If there was one place you could visit tomorrow, where would it be? Probably Australia and um, probably Darwin. Okay. Have you been I, before? No, I haven't, but I, I was a big fan of Steve Irwin, uh, the croc hunter. So I'd probably visit his, uh, oh. the, Austra- the, the Australia Zoo. See, I love it when you uncover random stuff like this because I was a, well, I am a big fan as, and obviously was a big fan. And I went over that way. And when I left England, we was traveling a year long honeymoon with my wife, uh, backpacking. And when we left England, obviously he's, he's alive and kicking and thriving. And we knew that was on the route. And I was so excited for it between when we left. And by the time we got to Australia, he obviously the stingray had got him. And yeah, obviously I absolutely gutted in general, but, um, so we went, um, it was very, very fresh. And we uh, actually got a kayak and we, we kayaked, not stalkery, it just happened to be, we kayaked around sort of an area where he lived and, you know, saw his croc boat, his, still moored at his house and stuff wow. and went to his, went to his zoo. And it's, but the thing is, it's, it's like he's still there because he's like so much video footage. And I suppose the power of podcasting and, you know, the messengers, not, not that we're thinking this, but whatever happens to any of us, you know, that's there. And um, I thought about this the other day because my little boy, and this is the thing for the podcasting, my little boy, he's got a little, uh, my wife's uh, really nano iPod type thing. 
And I was like, what are you listening to? And I look at it and it's got a little podcast icon and he's listening to me. Wow. And, and I just, I was like, oh, and then it dawned on me, like, not that I want to think like this, but if anything ever happened, like he's literally got like 200 plus life lessons from his dad. To learn, to learn from yeah. dad. And it's, I'm that. just like, wow. And that's, I mean, and that's, so when you go to the Australia Zoo, he's on all the video screens, like his family is still working there. They see, like, he's literally everywhere still talking to you. It's a, uh, it's a cool thing to have as a legacy. You know, he was, uh, he was a very, very, very special human being. And, oh. uh, he was the only show that my mom, my dad, remember my parents are from Greece. Uh, my, my dad likes political stuff. My mom likes to watch wheel of fortune jeopardy. My brother likes watching ESPN. I always liked animal shows, but he was the only show that all four of us would sit on the couch and be like, Holy crap. We can't believe he's doing that. <laughs> or like, just, no, we'd all, uh, no one, no one wanted to watch anything else. And if you really think about that, it's very special. People all over the world. And he was so passionate. So he was just oh. one of a kind and, and he'll be missed. Just, yeah, just like, like you say, like, it's a surprise what you come with just like, uh, like unlimited enthusiasm. And like you say, into your subject, what you're talking about. And, and just, yeah, I just, the sight of him seeing a croc and then <laughs> watch this and just run after it and dive on it. I mean, there's nothing better. That's just, just That's TV true. gold. Just TV gold. Awesome. Um, who would you, um, I usually look for two recommendations at least. Who would you recommend that would be a great interview for the Awaken Your Alpha podcast? And also, uh, uh, we kind of probably covered it with Steve Irwin. Someone else, who would you tune into if uh, you heard they were coming on the show you'd want to listen to yourself? Um, probably Joe Rogan. I'm a big fan of Joe Rogan. Uh, I would love someone to interview him. I'm sure yeah. he does a lot of the stuff already, but he's, he's just an, a very fascinating character right now. Yeah, and uh, someone that has an interesting perspective on life. Uh, Jeff Schneider would probably be pretty amazing. He's a friend of mine who's in the financial industry, but he talks about concepts in a way I've never heard before. And believe it or not, it, it's fascinating. Awesome. I again, I'm, you probably never heard this before, but the the Joe Rogan thing. When you said that, there's something about you that reminds me of him. I don't know. I'm not saying you're not like a look like you're a sound alike, but you know, sometimes there's one or two little things. It must be a little quirk. So I guess that's something you'd like to hear because yeah, there is definitely something that actually ah reminded me of him. Well, I, whenever I look at an interview, I know that I have a lot of um, eclectic and eccentric type friends. I know I could do something in the similar vein. So maybe that's what it is. And I, and I like that he doesn't really judge his guests. He just talks to them and tries to uncover what they're all about. So it's just, it's a very interesting show. What's, what's the future hold for you and PodFest and movies potentially? Yeah, PodFest is going to grow into um, a pretty large um, entity. And I don't mean, it'll, it'll go with attendees. But what I mean by that is we're planning a cruise right now to get all the people together and really bond us to an even deeper level, which it's hard to believe if you were at PodFest that that's even possible, but it yep. is. <laughs> um, then we're probably going to be doing a, um, a digital video conference for video influencers, like YouTubers, live yep. streaming. Uh, and, and then the fourth one will be a, a virtual conference. So those are the four things. As far as the creative projects, I am starting a full-on film production company. So we already have our next title ready. It's called The Sweet Life. And we're covering some of the world's most um, unknown but famous dessert makers. Uh, I, already, yeah, I found one cool. company that does toffee, toffee to go. Another one that's a, a world famous chocolatier and another one that does um, cheesecake and mason jars. So we're going to follow them, cover the stresses of being in the dessert industry and uh, show the sweet life and also the bittersweet part of that life. What does, what's kind of like your definition of 
success and also it may be similar it may not be what does what does awaken your alpha mean to you okay success for me is really enjoying what you do being comfortable with who you are and just appreciating every moment in life so one of my highlights as a father my i have an 18 month old daughter is spending time with her when she comes home from daycare and taking her around. Um, I didn't realize the power of having a child till I had a child because you, you know, you get people telling you. So for me, um, having an amazing daughter that's happy and well-adjusted and that I could be present is, is probably the biggest success. Professionally, being challenged and doing good things within the culture that I established with integrity and respect for my audience is probably um, what I consider success. And then Awaken the Alpha, one of the things I've done for the last nine years is I run a group for guys teaching them how to be better in relationships. And one of the things when I hear Awaken the Alpha, uh, the book, The Way of the Superior Man comes up. And yeah. it's, it's a good book for men and women, actually. That, and yeah, that, is it David Dida? David Dida, yeah, yeah David Dida. And it's, uh, it kind of, when I hear Awaken the Alpha, it just means to me, is find your purpose that's awakening the alpha and and follow that purpose uh and be a better person because that also infuses everything else in your relationships when you're at your alpha capacity or your what superior man um you're 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 the best you that you can be and and that also helps all the relationships around you so that's kind of what i i hear when i hear awaken the alpha brilliant well, I almost want to end the show right there, but I will like to say, what's the best way people can connect with you if they want to hear some more from you? Uh, yeah, they can find me on Facebook or Twitter at Chris Kremitzos. Um, if it gets, you could misspell it. I'm sure Google will respell it. Yeah, and we'll put the link in there as well. <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, Facebook or Twitter. And then if you go to the PodFest site, I put my email out there. Uh, feel free to connect, podfest.us. But I'm, um, I'm here to connect with people. That's what I'm here to do. Yeah. Uh, when I was younger, I was a little cocky and I would put the autoresponder I'm really busy. I'll get back to you on Tuesday. <laughs> and that, you know, my friends let me have it. My friends are pretty successful. They're like, oh, you're really busy, huh? So I learned like, you know what? Uh, I'm taking every call. Um, yeah. Anything I could, if I have time to listen and feel whatever comes in and help people, that's what I'm here to do. Brilliant. And I can really recommend PodFest uh, personally. They have some great speakers there. They might get another, they might get an English guy on the main stage next year. That would be really spot on. Um, but uh, yes, I definitely recommend that. I'll be there back there next year. And yeah, thank you so much for taking the time today. Uh, I know you're busy, but like you say, I really appreciate it and taking the time. And good luck with the movie. And I'll be sharing that out and maybe try and coordinate this when this podcast comes out for, for something that really yeah, we'll, ties we'll into need, that. We'll need help, themessengersdoc.com, but when you see, we're going to do crowdfunding, releasing DVD, so this is a personal favor. When you see that, any help, I appreciate it. Yes, no worries, no worries. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. If you have any interest in podcasts, living life to the max, and how you can get your own TEDx talk, Within the next three months, you need to reach out to me. Head over to ayalpha.com, head over to Facebook and search for Awaken Your Alpha with ALW and jump on the inside. Let's connect. Let's take it to the next level. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back.